Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good morning, y'all. Welcome back to a Monday, July 3rd, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Another stormy, rainy morning here in uh, East Tennessee. I feel like it's doing this every single uh, day of late, um, but happy July 3rd. I uh, hope you guys are having a good holiday weekend wherever and however you're listening to today's edition of the program. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've got all things NBA, Chase Down Block here on the Sunday night, Monday morning edition here on the program, and it's a good one. It's uh, This was this is a lot of fun because we get Lauren Gunn back um, from Mavs Moneyball and everywhere else that you know her from, um, but just one of the best NBA podcasters around, along with uh, Corbin Ford, another fantastic NBA podcaster that you get to hear uh, all the time here on this program of Round Ball Ramble and everywhere else. Corbin, Lauren, and I have been doing the pods for a long time now, but we haven't done one, uh, the three of us, in a while. So it was great to get Lauren, Corbin, and I together for for this show to do all things NBA. It was awesome. We talk about the Mavs, what they've done to this point. Um, are they contenders based on how they've uh, gone about their offseason? Uh, we talked about the Lakers, how they got better than where they were a year ago. Little Nuggets, losing Bruce Brown. Um, Damian Lillard's trade requests, Pelicans, Rockets, Pistons, Schroeder to the Raptors, why that was a weird one, Busevich going back to Chicago, another weird one, Max Struess maybe being the sneaky best uh, free agent signing to the Cavs and what they did there, so like what the Cavs did, but we talk all about free agency and all things NBA here on today's edition of the program. As always, if you are a first-time listener, uh, firstly, welcome to the program. Thanks for checking out the Chase Owens Podcast. Uh, this is a daily 
National Sports Show outside of here in East Tennessee, where we talk, uh, we cover it all. Sports Renaissance fan, we cover it all each and every day. And I uh, appreciate you checking out the program, but please make sure that if you enjoy today's show, you lead this show, uh, or you subscribe to this show rather, so that you never miss a ep- episode in the future. Uh, that would also be nice if you are already a subscriber and you've already done so. You know what I'm going to say. Take a second, hit that pause button right now, and leave this show a five-star rating and write a review. If uh, you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, it helps other people find the show, and it helps this very show continue to grow. So if you could do that today and you're a fan of the show and you haven't already done so, please, please, please make sure you take care of that today. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. If you have any NBA questions for us next week, for next week's show, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter at podchasethomas. And you can also email us at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Full episodes, clips, shorts, all that good stuff as we go to the YouTube channel over on the YouTube page. If you want to watch this program, you can do so. YouTube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe. All that good stuff as well. All right, Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Also here, no longer in Arizona, in Colorado, it's Roundball Rambles, Corbin Ford. Corbin, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, the gang is back together. I'm feeling the juice back. Like, you know, Chase, every time we team up great, Lauren, we've had, you know, good times as well. But like, Mm -hmm. when all three of us together, it's like Voltron. It's like the Megazord from Power Rangers. (laughs) It's just, you know, I'll form the head. Let's go. Oh, 100%. And that other person that Corbin is alluding to, Lauren Gunn, on to bigger and better things all over <laughs> NBA media. And she made uh, she made the, the return appearance tonight for the holiday weekend. Holiday, July 4th, NBA basketball, Lauren Gunn on the Chase Thomas podcast with Corbin and I. What, who, whomst among us is not, not excited about this? I am so excited. I'm so glad to be chatting with you guys because I do miss you guys. So it's it's just it's overdue, but we're back. So I also feel the juices flowing. I'm excited. And the internet's moving. Like no choppiness. Lauren figured Lauren has got it down. I like that kind of stress. I couldn't do it like that. There's nothing worse in uh, modern media. It's just a a common thing now to be like mm, I just the the internet's got to be great. Uh, but do you know what else has got to be great? A lot of teams and one team in particular, Lauren, we're setting you up here because mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks have filled out a lot of their roster here. Mm-hmm. They're actually building a roster. Do you about this last year? They, they punted on building a roster. They were like, we're good. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out later. We'll take our mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. this year. They have a roster. You look at it like the eight or nine guys. You're like, okay, they were mm-hmm. maybe a mayor and may, maybe we're betting, uh, betting against themselves to bring back Kyrie Irving and pretty hefty. I don't even think it's the price for me. It's more mm-hmm. the, the three years uh, okay. for Kyrie Irving in the year of 2023 is bold. Uh, yeah. It's probably the adjective I would use, but you trade for him at the deadline. You can't lose him for nothing. You have to bring him back. I think there's mm-hmm. just no alternative especially with Brunson going the way he did uh, last year. You kinda, you're kind of locked in there, and Kyrie probably kind of knew that. that like, mm-hmm. you, you guys really need to keep me around. Lauren, are you feeling good? Now that the dust has settled a little bit over the last, I mean, just the flurry of offseason moves, um, mm-hmm. the Suns just 
added 12 guys in the span <laughs> of 48 hours. Like, mm -hmm. it's been really, really insane trying to keep up everything. But now that you've had some time to think about what the Mavericks have done to this point, do you think they are moving in the right direction? Are you overall pleased with the, what the Mavs have done? Yeah, I, I am pleased. Uh, I think, you know, there's there's always room for improvement and they still have more to improve upon for sure. Definitely still big questions that they need to answer. But overall, with what they've been able to do in terms of even going back and kind of, you know, quote unquote, tanking the last however many games you want to mm -hmm. call it uh, to make sure that they did their best to keep that pick and then ultimately doing what they did on draft night, bringing in both Derek Lively, the second and Omax, two guys that I think that they're really, really excited about um, starting there with your offseason and then bringing back Kyrie, which I think a lot of people felt pretty confident that was going to happen, but also bring a, a guy in like Seth Curry and even Rashawn Holmes on draft night two guys that give them flexibility to if they want to go out and move uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. or Reggie Bullock or Maxi Kleba or any of these guys that have value on the market. I don't want to say a crazy amount of value, but value to potentially put together or go out and make a move. They now have guys that can kind of step up and they're not just completely thin, worn thin in certain spots. So I think they're doing a good job at transitioning from this time of having these alb multiple albatross contracts and really limited draft assets to still somewhat limited draft assets but they're they have this young group that they really like uh and they have their top tier talent what that means for Kyrie's long-term future you can never be too sure but right now I do think that they feel good about where they're at and I feel good about where they're at to start the season and I don't think that they're done this offseason that would really shock me they still have their MLE money which we're going to see what they do uh but even as far as trades go I'm still keeping my eyes out there for sure who makes the most sense for the mle for them right now who's available i'd say probably grant williams um but i'm keeping a sleeper on EFL, grant williams yes is he a good fit there i hadn't thought about him eh. in dallas uh you know i think that there could be better fits but mm. i think right now given the current market and i mean he i do think that he's a decent fit um i just think that he has interest they have interest and they like the youth the energy the shooting uh mm. i think that there is interest there uh i'm also keeping a sleeper eye on pj washington i expect him mm. to go back to charlotte but he is a dallas kid uh i do think that he's somebody that they could also have interest in I'm, i wouldn't put that too high on my my board of, of likelihood i guess but uh it's something that i'm keeping an eye on yeah for sure interesting so with Kyrie back in the fold, mm -hmm. um, obviously with Hardy, is he going to be a significant role player? Dean Hardy, next year? yeah, is he? Gonna I be think a part of it? so. I do okay. because um, I mean, Seth the Seth Curry makes it a little bit difficult because Hardy's mm -hmm. not like a true point guard, uh, but he does have. They want to get him the looks. He's he's mm -hmm. shown that he can be a volume shooter. He can heat up. Uh, he's good attacking the basket off the bench. He's just kind of this spark. Uh, so I do think that they're going to try to make out, make sure that they carve out more minutes for him. Uh, but obviously Seth Curry is going to get a lot of looks too, because they want the shooting there. So I'm not sure what that means for Tim Hardaway Jr. I think for this team right now, you can never have too much shooting, but making sure that Hardy gets the opportunity to develop and learn under someone like Kyrie, who you can definitely see him sort of kind of emanate or, uh, uh, implementing aspects of Kyrie's game into his own game. I think giving Hardy that that opportunity and that kind of role to to continue to improve and kind of explore what he can do with this team and how far he can really go is something that they're definitely – is high priority on their list for sure. Rather than Grant, mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez is someone that I think would actually be really fun in Dallas. 
Yeah, you know, I would have loved to have Brooke Lopez. I think he was just out of their price range. Yeah. I don't think that that was going to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see him to see the dollar amount that he went yeah. for. But I do think that, you know, for Dallas specifically, trying to find that kind of rim protecting defensive minded big is something that they would really have interest in. And I think there's going to be that I think is what's priority number one on the trade market for them, for sure. That's what I was thinking. It's just like that. Like when you say Grant Williams, I'm like, I, you have Reggie Bullock, you have Tim Hardaway. You're mm-hmm. so ball dominant anyway um, with Kyrie and Luca. You play, you're probably, uh, you know better than me, Lauren, here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm going to assume that they're going to continue to play at an extremely slow pace. They're not going <laughs> to, they're not going to flip the script here and start being the running gun sons. Um, even yeah. though Michael Pena was making a good point on the ring, where it's like, I don't understand why Luca doesn't push uh, yeah. more. Maybe that is something that the Mavs should lean into more. But I just wonder with that kind of pace, like you want, two shooters and grant williams i love grant but he doesn't and you already have josh green who's going to be getting significant minutes um for this mavericks team that you want to be kind of careful because it's like everything comes down to the geometry of the court right and like who puts pressure like that was something that the hawks ran into over and over again um where i'm like i'm frustrated with the geometry of the court where john collins if his finger's not facing the right (laughs) direction and we have clint capella on the court we are at a significant disadvantage especially with Dejounte murray who is a very league average three-point shooter so spacing was tight and it was rough but that's not to say those players individually were not good. But when I look at Dallas, I'm like, I just, they need the pick and pop big, not the pick and roll yeah. big. Christian Wood is not the answer. Um, I think that's asking a lot of Derek Lively right out of the gate. Um, and he seems really, really green to this point. And watching him at Duke, like, I I just, I would not expect uh, immediate anchor big uh, DeAndre Ayton style uh, from Lively right out of the gate. So I'm like, who who makes the most sense? Like, is there a way to package christian wood for somebody else to white pat like i don't i don't mm-hmm. know who because brooke lopez obviously is an option so like who is right. the realistic option it's not john collins it's not clint capella <laughs> right. people keep throwing out clint capella until mm-hmm. trey young is no longer a hawk that man is going to be an atlanta hawk yeah i i think for dallas a lot of those pick and pop realistic targets are just not there for them i think they mm. would have loved to have a guy like miles turner i don't see him he would be he's great not avail- he's not available right he's like the ideal guy he's mm. not available did i lose you guys you did no oh, you're okay so sorry am i back yeah am i back you're back okay Whew, fingers crossed okay yeah i mean miles would have been great uh i think that there are a lot of guys out there that are not necessarily the pick and pop targets but that could be guys that dallas looks at in terms of just having the defense and the rim protection because i think the ideal again the ideal version is a defensive minded guy that can pick and pop but we just that guy out there on the trade market Actually, let me let me jump back a little bit. I do think that Dallas getting that starter level big is only something that's going to happen ultimately mm. via trade. But I do think that as far as the ideal version of that, it's not out there right now, which is why I do think that they still have interest in guys like Jared Allen. I do think that they have interest in Clint Capella, but neither of those I don't I just don't see happening right now. I would, you need a shooter, right? Would you rather want a that? rim running? Would you? I just I just feel I would like... rather have a rim running, defensive minded, athletic big that's closer to seven feet tall than yeah. um, more shooting. I I, I mean hmm. definitely that's the idealized version. But for Dallas right now, they have not had the athletic seven foot rim protection that they need. They yeah. really just have had 
Uh, well, they haven't had that. They have had some switchable defenders kind of over the course of the last couple of years, especially with like Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi. Mm. Those are all solid defenders, but they're not what they need. That's They're still missing that piece. And so, like you said, I completely agree that that Derek Lively this second, it's probably too early for him and you can't put that, that pressure and that expectation on him. Um, but as far as going out and getting that guy, I do think that it's going to have to be something that gets achieved via trade. Um, and so whether that be this summer or at the trade deadline, uh, I think that that's, that's something you can pretty much pencil in. What do you think, Corbin? Are you a fan of what Dallas has done to this point? I mean, I think considering what they did last year, like, I think, yeah, you kind of have to be, mm-hmm. you know, like exactly. there is at least a plan. And yeah, maybe some of it is just by like acknowledgement of they were, kind of limited by their options you know like mm-hmm. yeah you, you kind of let you know one guy go you couldn't really let Kyrie go and mind you I mean he didn't really have as much leverage as I think he thought he did I mean having him with the Suns come on now like you know like this is fun but at the same time you know like there is at least a step in the right right in the right direction in terms of building a team around Luca and in this case Kyrie that will work moving forward and I, I definitely am of course in agreement with what Lauren said about like finding the right piece in the right big I mean you know, you, you got a guy in Derek Lively who I think is intriguing, you know. Um, you definitely want to figure out kind of in between the margins there for sure. And like Lauren said, they're probably not done, so that's great. Um, but, yeah, I think that they've done well. I mean, they actually came with a plan and not just – I mean, come on. Remember they're like, oh, we have, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith coming the ball up the court and, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming the ball up the court. And, you know, like, like they, it, was, it was horrible last year. Like, they were just kind of like <laughs> – the piston and telling you is raining type thing on like, oh, we don't need a bag of point guard. We're good. And then, you know, wiping off the mothballs off Kemba Walker. Like, that was last year, right? That was their punishment for Rick Carlisle doing the three point guard system for, uh, with you Rondo know, and I was just yeah. watching some 2016 Mavericks Thunder, and you are right. Like, let me tell you, you had like, <laughs> you know, you had Darren Williams, you know, you had Raymond Felton and Devin Harris. And, Devin yeah. Harris, and they were lighting him up. I was like, oh, snap. He yeah. loved that. And then Dwight Powell and J- Justin Anderson. Shout oh to, yeah! Shout out wow. to him. I don't know the how the assassin. Those un- those units were like Dirk's Twilight years, which just makes me kind of sad. But anyway, yeah. Um, you know, anyway, they won the game I was watching, so it didn't matter. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think you you kind of have most Corbin and now like he's just going back to like when I was watching the Thunder and uh, the Mavericks from six years ago. Like... Listen, it's been a long off season already. Yeah. No, but no, it's been great. I think that they're on the right path. And mind you, I don't know what that means. Like playoff contention for sure but i thought yeah. they are they playoff better like past. playoff contention if they're not that and we have I a mean, major problem is starting to tick exactly yeah. so, definitely ticking definitely. yeah but I, I think i mean hopefully we'll have it it seems like a drama free offseason so far that's more than gonna be mm-hmm. said for the last couple of years in Dallas. that's for true sure. i because they obviously i think they would have been a playing team if they wanted to make the playoffs last year like i think that might have that probably would have ended up happening like the mavericks i mean we'll never know for sure but yeah they're right there Next year, though, the thing about the West is, and now when you look at the East and West right now, it's unbelievable. It just seems like time is a flat circle. Did you hear about this? Did you see this? Uh, the East is terrible at the bottom, and the West is just the worst team in the West still is going to be a fun, pesky league pass team. Like, the worst West team might be Portland, and they might be a lot of fun and have some quality veterans to play. Like, they are just going to be a hard out if uh, Dame is ended up moved there. But, like, I just look at this crowded conference, and I'm like... Two years ago, this was a Western Conference finalist. Last year, they missed the playoffs altogether. Mm-hmm. They have the best offensive player in basketball, I think, right now in Luka. You have the best half-court, playoff-ready backcourt 
in basketball that I say if they got in, nobody wants it. Like it doesn't mean it's going to be the most aesthetically pleasing, yeah. but it's going to be an extreme pain to beat Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic four times in a seven game series. Like that is just going to be a pain if both of them are locked in, both of them are playing and both of them are healthy, regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of shooters and pick and roll guy you put around him. I have no idea. And this is how we can put a bow on the Mavericks. Lauren, are they like a top four seed expectation if they felt oh. the roster the way they could? If a Grant Williams comes in and they just finish this off and maybe find like I winning Gabriel X make, makes a lot of sense to me. Like as a one year stopgap for uh, Derek Lively before mm-hmm. he's ready. Like I thought he flashed in Los Angeles and you can speak more to that Corbin in Los Angeles. But I like winning Gabriel and I think he has value and um, not a long term solution, but an I think he's better than Christian Wood. Um, <laughs> I think he does things that Christian Wood cannot do in Dallas that they actually need. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, where are they right now? Are they a top four seed? Because I think you kind of have to with Luca. Like you said, the yeah. clock's ticking. You need to be somewhere there. But it's so crowded. I don't know what to do yeah. with them. Yeah, the crowd. I mean, the crowd is is tough because there's a lot of talented teams. Um, I think Tim McMahon said it best when he was talking about the direction that the Mavericks are headed in. Mm-hmm. He said that you know the the they don't need to necessarily win the title next year or Luca's asking out, but it, he does need to. And 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 Luca doesn't want to ask out, but he will. And so the Mavericks need to be operating aggressively and 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 showing Luca that they're building the right thing and that they're mo- continuing to move in the right direction and they can see point A to point B to point C and he feels good about it. As long as he feels good about where things are heading, everything's fine. But if the steps back are pretty obvious and it's going to kind of fall apart, that's when you really need to be hitting the panic button. So as far as putting them as a top four, uh, potential top four, I think having that backcourt, that duo and that talented of a backcourt is really great, but you can't pencil anything in with injuries penciling in Kyrie's availability um and and they still don't have that starting five man which is a glaring Mm. hole and so even if they go out and get Grant Williams I think they'll be excited about that and again they'll like having the depth but they're they're waiting to pull off the trade for that starting level big and when they pull that off if it if it is a Jared uh I think with if they go and they can get that true five if it's someone Mm. like Jared Allen or or Jared Allen excuse me yeah see that's what we, we never knew Lauren, See, you was... never knew. It was up in the air. It was up in the air. Uh, yeah, if it's Jaron Jackson, wow. Um, imagine. But yeah, no, I think that that's, that's when they can really start looking at, oh, solid top four seed when they finally get that defensive anchor. And I think until they get that, they kind of have a lot of questions up in the air. That's fair. Um, Corbin, the Lakers, have they built themselves back into a finals favorite out West based on what they've done over the last 72 hours and change? Oh, yes. Next question. No, I hate this. Um, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, I am not going to lie. I have loved the Lakers offseason. Like, I, I wish I could go on Twitter and share that. But, you know, it's been fun there. It's been an adventure. So, anyways, um, I'll share it here. Um, yeah, I mean, the draft, I really, like, Jalen Huntsifino's nice. I would have taken Cam Whitmore personally. Like, upside play. I don't understand the whole stuff behind the scenes on the knee. I don't think anyone really does. And he wasn't talking. He's like, oh. Cam's like, I don't know what's being said. So that was different. Jim Huntsafino is like a nice, solid player, and I thought it was like Reeves insurance, but guess what? We got Gabe Vincent. We got Reeves back. Like, you know, um, 
I can't believe you led with Cam Whitmore, like, not being the pick. I gave you the, are they a contender? With everybody they're bringing back, Gabe Vincent in the fold. Like, <laughs> everyone's good. back, and Corbin's That's like, let's start. That's how my brain works. I like the Cam Whitmore. I like the Cam Whitmore. I got to start chronologically, okay? Oh, my God. I start with the draft, and I work my way down, okay? And with the draft. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, who cares? I mean, listen, I it's between the margins. Okay, here's the thing. LeBron's going to be 39 next year, right? He's, mm-hmm. This is the first time he's been, like, talking potentially retirement. Although the fact that we all didn't believe him is one thing, but the fact he even said it, I feel, is another thing, right? Like, just word of caution. AD will be 31 next year and still has not been healthy. And he just got just, just – I don't even know the right – taken out back by Jokic in, in the conference finals. Like, like was, I'm sorry. Like, that's just what happened, right? So you need to worry about – the margins and and making sure that you have a team that can withstand the inevitable 25 games missed from AD or you know 25 to 30 from LeBron depending on what injury they both accrue and so with that being said I like the players picked I don't want to say instant championship contention because we're going with another year older AD and a 39 year old LeBron like in theory yes absolutely and I'm like let's go right but they both I mean they both were either injured or just out of, out of gas about the conference finals. Like, no other excuse. Like, LeBron, yes, torn 10. And AD, I'm sure, was nursing some injury. But that's the standard, right? It was a shame that D'Angelo Russell just left his game in Golden State. And, you know, other players didn't step up, collectively just shooting. And so this year, I like the fact the Lakers could have easily went and tried to make an overture to Kyrie, which, oh my goodness. Or, like, done one of the things they've done the last three or four off seasons, right? Which is just like throw caution to the wind. Who needs team building? Let's chase a star. Minimum guys that you used to love in 2008. Like, that's what they've done the last couple of years, right? And this season, or this off season rather, I think it was just solid moves in the margins that make sense on paper and you can also see the fit on the basketball, f- on the floor, right? And, yeah, I, I, I listen, the Suns, in theory, look pretty solid, right? I mean, I Defensively, I worry about Booker, Durant, and, and Beal just throwing it out there. And also, we've seen the big threes historical over the last four years. A lot of hype, and then the results are less than stellar, right? But if you look at who they got, they have like six players they signed over the last three days that shot like over 40% from three. Like mm-hmm. varying sample size, that's pretty good, right? Obviously, the, the 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 Nuggets they lost Bruce Brown. That was pretty big, but they're still going to be up there. Um, other teams are in Jeff the Green mid- too. Oh, Jeff Green too. That is true. Even though he was unplayable, come you know. Late he played a lot of important minutes for Denver. Uh, like, he shouldn't have, but he did. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Like, no, I'm sorry, Jay. Like, he was not good. I mean, I'm so glad he won. Uncle Jeff, like, good champion. But those minutes were not great. Man. But also, can we say this about Bruce Brown? Where I've seen a lot of people disguise falling. Like, obviously, he gets paid in uh, the two-year deal in Indiana. It's overpay, yeah. Just, it, I mean, there's a lot of overpays in Indiana. But the, you know what's funny? It's like, I just give Indiana a pass because I respect it. They're never going to – they have never drafted high. They're <laughs> never going to draft high. They're just – we're gonna be Indiana. This is Indiana basketball. So it's like I, I just that's that's who they are. Like Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, you're there forever. Like we are making the playoffs. <laughs> We're getting that gate revenue. Uh, that is what uh, Herb Simon does. So like that's fine. But like the way it was crafted, I was like he was playing crunch time, important minutes over the guy you already paid. That the guy that you need to be playing those minutes long term. If this is going to be a dynasty. The dynasty doesn't work if Michael Porter Jr. is unplayable in the NBA Finals. Like, if Michael Porter Jr. isn't doing anything when his shot isn't falling, that's a problem. That is a much bigger problem than Bruce Brown not being around. Because, like, the linchpin of your dynasty should not be Bruce Brown. The linchpin of a... Like, he was in that Steven Jackson San Antonio Spurs role, right? Where you have the guy 
who plays really well for whatever reason with your organization, perfect fit, everything else, and then they go away and you never hear from them again, or it just is never the same. Like, he's just never the same kind of player. He just fits so well in San Antonio, and it worked for him there. I just, I wonder with Bruce Brown, like, yeah, it was a great run. He got the title. He doesn't, like, need to go ring chasing anymore. Like, he's he's good. He's getting paid, generational wealth, all that kind of stuff. All great. But... It comes out of Michael Porter Jr. And I think that's something that they miss a lot in this discussion. And I, I just look at it. And I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. If Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic and um, Aaron Gordon are all healthy, they should be able to find guys in the margin. So you can replace a Bruce Brown. You, They were right there two years. They were right there in the bubble with no Bruce Brown. Like we've seen it like Michael Porter Jr. It really falls more on him. So that's a long way of saying that. But I will say when you look at the Lakers... Lauren, I mean, the West is just so crowded. Like, Sacramento, yeah. I think, got better. I think Dallas got better. I think um, the Pelicans, we forget. We talked about it, Corbin. They were the best team in the West in December. Like, a healthy mm-hmm. Zion, they're right there in the top four. Um, Memphis, they moved on. The quiet little thing for me is, like, I don't think they are a contender next year because Tyus Jones is no longer a Grizzly. And I know that sounds weird, but Tyus Jones would have been great to have to navigate those 25 games without John Morant. Now it's going to be yeah. Derrick Rose in 2023? Like, no, I don't think they're going to be able to make up the ground. I think they're going to be in a hole where they're not even home court status because I think the West is going to be so tight that all of those games matter. So I just go up and down this list. I'm like, the Lakers are deep. I think this is actually the best opportunity for the Lakers to avoid having to do so much as a bottom seed where I'm like, I just think they're going to be able to survive. I think Austin Reeves is extremely important. I think... um Gabe Vincent's going to be extremely important. I think just with their depth, I look at it and I'm like, I think they're going to be able to survive and be a top four team in the West. Like, I think that's that's important. I don't know if they can win the title because, Lauren, I don't know if LeBron James has it in him to be the best a top three, top five player in basketball for 100 games. I don't know if he can do it at 39. I think that, <laughs> that ship might have sailed. Man, that's... That's that's some spice right there. That's some spice. Is it? He's I, uh, 39. Second best know, player of all time. Corbin's out. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, the Lakers, I think that they've done a really phenomenal job. I think roster building this offseason. They've gotten, they've checked a lot of boxes that you would have wanted to see them check. And so I've like, I mean, I've, I've been impressed by what they've done. I'm curious to see how things go during the regular season health wise. But I do think that as far as the pieces they, that they've put around their two lead guys, you really, I don't think could have asked for much more, uh, especially Austin Reeves, getting him at the dollar amount that they got him for. Uh, mm. That was a big, big deal. And, and uh, when I saw that, I was like, I was scratching my head. There were so many notifications, but I was scratching my head because there was a dollar amount that was reported. And then there was all these moves being done, pulled off by Rob Polinka and the Lakers and, getting Austin Reeves at that dollar amount, I think is something that's getting a little bit overlooked. And so uh, for the Lakers specifically, it's always going to come down to health, especially going the distance. Uh, But I do think that the pieces that they have have in play are definitely a pretty big improvement uh, compared to last year, for sure. I was surprised to see Gabe Vincent wind up in LA. Like I didn't really have that. I thought they would bring back. I will say the one big one is I think the Rui deal sucks. 
that uh, the Rui Hachimura deal was. Uh, <laughs> I, I um, you have a lot number. of evidence of Rui Hachimura not being a good like, NBA player. Whoa, 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 whoa! Dude, one second, I'm gonna get the. I'm flabbergasted here. Um, did we not <laughs> see the first? Like, even in the third Three round, did we not see months. the first two rounds of the playoffs? Yeah, good. I thought it was decent contract. Like that's what he was in the lineup. Yeah. Getting. Like that, he played well in the playoffs. He raised his level of play in the playoffs. He had standout performances against both the Grizzlies and the Warriors. And mind you, yes, he was right up there on the chopping block with everybody else against the Nuggets. But defensively, we know that's not his strength. And Darvin Ham, in his infinite wisdom, decided to switch it up and have him guard Jokic during some minutes. Which, like, mm-hmm. if AD's getting his ass handed to excuse me, if AD is getting cooked, <laughs> I don't understand. Take it know, outside. Really, exactly. There you go. Take it outside. Like, if Hasimur is the answer, I don't want to know the question. Like, <laughs> That's what I get there. But in this case, the dude is 25. He's obviously shown that he's able to play alongside LeBron AD as a front court player. That's big. We saw Jared Vanderbilt get played off the floor in the later rounds because better of player, the though. limitations. Yes, I would say better in spots, but like Hachimura is a better fit. He held his own in certain matchups defensively, and he brought a, a release valve offensively. He was creating his own offense when LeBron AD were off the floor. Like I'm really high on him. I think that it was one of those situations where you're a player in a losing situation, and then you're in a better spot in a role that's more optimized to you, and you can flourish in that. And so, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I thought he was playing solid all year since he'd been to L.A., and the fact that he raised in the playoffs where most players tend to shy away, that cemented me. I, I thought it was a decent contract for what he was going to get. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that that's yeah. what he was on the market for, it looked like. I just, you know his his all-time similarity score, almost identical to this point in his career is? Don't say it. Actually, Tommy, I'm curious. Othella <laughs> Harrington. <laughs> Othello from the Rockets in the 90s. Oh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, listen, Othello Harrington didn't play alongside LeBron James. So, <laughs> like, you know, I yeah, like, like, yeah. I just, I mean, I, I like, like the Rui deal. I think, I, I, I like it. I think, I think he's going to be good there. And I think we kind of saw glimpses of it last year. And he's what, he's exactly what they need, or at least he's, he fits in line with what they need. And so I liked the signing. Uh, I think that they're going to be fine. And I think all of the deals, all the price points that they got guys at are very, are stuff that worst case scenario you can move if you have to. It gives you just more flexibility in general. The Dilo one, I will say, like, at mm. first, I was a little like, I didn't really see that one coming. But at the same time, it's two years. Twenty million in this league is not what it used to be, and it's not even twenty million. So I just, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I think that there are bigger, worse contracts out there than that D'Lo one. But I was, I was a little surprised by that. Well, I think the D'Lo is. I would have been more if I'm a Laker fan. Like I would have been more upset if Gabe yeah. Vincent's not in the fold because like. Gabe should start. Oh, yeah. Like, if D'Lo is your first guard off the bench, it's good. Where if he doesn't have yeah, it that I night, agree. good. Like, you're gone for the rest of the night. It's okay. But when you are needing D'Lo in important spots, that's where you don't want to be. So I think if the plan is Gabe Vincent is the starting point guard and is in that Alex Caruso role that they won the title with two years ago, then I think they're fine. But if D'Lo is like, I'm still starting and you're just like, Gabe's not playing nearly enough and that's an issue, then. I think that's something to monitor, but I think with Gabe Vincent there, I think it's it's pretty solid. I think that's the yeah. best spot for D'Lo. Yeah, I think that's fair. I will say I saw a tweet that was like um, Gabe Vin- or it was like D'Lo at eighteen million versus Gabe and D'Lo for a combined thirty million, and I was like, I think that's the way to look at it because yeah. even though that's 
not how it works, obviously, when you're looking at that and you're looking at building those pieces around LeBron, having mm. those two guys, especially like you said, pulling D'Lo off the bench and having him come in and, and kind of get hot or not and then going a different direction. I think that's something having that flexibility and even the youth is something that is going to really come in handy for them for sure. I think so. Um, Lillard trade. Is it Miami or somewhere else, Corbin? Where where do you want Damon Lillard to go, and what does the Lillard trade look like for you? Um. So I, I just I can't get myself around Miami. I get that Lillard wants to go there. I you know I, you want to be right by him. All all of the things like I, and I I would like to fit theoretically if he were to go there, but I just don't think that Miami has assets that apparently the Blazers are looking for because I thought okay first I'm like Dame Time I said on Twitter like and two people saw it because thanks Elon (laughs) you know um, Dame Time took a whole new meeting right that's what I said because he waits till after you give that huge contact to Jeremy Grant to go alright boys I'm out like (laughs) like I mean you had the draft you know you had right after you select Scoot you could have said it you had the week in between the draft and free agency you had there were so many points but right when you make a, a, a agreement with Jeremy Grant on a contract that is not going to look well. I mean, he's paid through 34 and like, he's, I don't know. Jeremy Grant is like, he's like wonder bread to me. Like, I don't know. Like he's there, you know, he's a name, but like, I don't get it. But anyway, that I just don't understand that. But apparently Blazers are going to keep that commitment and they want to win, which anyway, Blazers. Um, so with that being said, if you're trying to do that, like, what are you getting from the heat that's going to help you with that because the heat can give you i I guess some picks right they can throw in tyler hero which i don't understand why you like since you already have shaden sharp and anthony simons and duncan robinson and and not duncan robinson shane sharp and anthony simons and scoot henderson i'm sorry Uh, the heat could have thrown in duncan might be thrown in there too exactly which like okay that helps for like a wing spot but you kind of have that group covered if anything looking for more front court help maybe you send yusuf nurkic out you know, because he's aging and not very well. Like, you're not getting enough from Miami in my mind to say, okay, we can win. Like, they barely made it. Like, they made it to the finals. Great feel good story. Like, like awesome. But, like, really? I mean, I'm just saying, like, we're not, this isn't the murderer's row here. You know, it's like we played and every team was injured. Um, and then we were shooting. Well, really hold high on. We- That's not fair to the Heat a little bit here, Corbin. Uh, okay. Okay. Literally. Gabe, listen. <laughs> The Celtics had a horrible run to begin with, but Jason. Well, no, I'm saying over the last four years, they've done it three times. They should have done it after. No, they they've done it three times, and you're right. But like, there's something to it. What is it? Tell me. Culture. (laughs) 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 You can't package that in a trade to Portland. You know, they're not getting two first round picks in a court of heat culture. Like, that's not that would be cool. Like, what if Pat Riley, like, part of the deal is Pat has to like meet with Joe Cronin for like there's part of it, it's like a class like he has to give like a seminar uh, yes he has to actually spend like an off season with uh joe cronin to like expose that him to heat be, culture then he can turn it into blazer culture that would be interesting i'm gonna tell you here here's my pinstripe culture yeah rose city Gr- nope anyway no. it was a thought all right um my team i'm gonna say the clippers if you're mm. trying to go with the win aspect that and I'm quotations here because come on now that Portland's trying to go within a little trade right in yeah. addition to having some assets like you can offer Terrence Mann probably has to go like for sure Marcus Morris Robert Covington it could be Norman Powell but both those guys can fit Norman Powell welcome back to Portland soldier house get it back like <laughs> all those guys can fill positions of need for 
the Blazers. Maybe you can swap Nurkic for Zubop, right? Um, and then two first-round picks or so. Like, I'm not saying that'll be enough, but that'll be in the same boat of trying to mix it up. Like, if you're the Heat, you're trying right now to make a appealing trade package for Portland, maybe try to figure out how to reroute um, Tyler Hero, because I just don't see why Portland would want him. But money-wise, like, that makes sense along with Duncan Robinson. Like, there's a lot of gymnastics and cap, you know, Olympics that you have to do to make it happen. Where if you're the Clippers, you can throw in guys that, like, form a solid rotation that could help you, in theory, win. Um, and then you still get your pick compensation. You get a young player in Terrence Mann who can play the one, the two, or the three. I, I, I'm not saying it's a great package, but I'm saying in terms of the others out there right now, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, Brooklyn, I, again, what do you I, – I don't get it. You know, like you're not like getting – Like if Mikael Bridges is not in it, then getting it's Mikhail like, Bridges, yeah. And you have no need to get Cam Thomas. Like, you yeah. know, so I, – Like, I don't know. So – yeah, I, that that's that's my that's my uh, that's my dream scenario. Just because I think it makes the most sense for what Portland says that they want. Lauren, can I give you my just uh, chaos trade that I actually think Portland should zone in on? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. I would love to hear this. I think you keep calling New Orleans. New Orleans is desperate. You parse through what's happening with Zion and Brandon Ingram, and you're like, I don't care which one, but like we're sending you, we're reuniting CJ McCollum and Dame. It's untenable. Do you really believe Zion Williamson's ever playing 82 games for you? Do you actually believe that? And if so, what about Brandon Ingram? Also, sneakily never available. Like, always something going on Brandon Ingram. That being said, Brandon Ingram, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp? Like, that's intriguing. That is something that you could sell. That is something that is exciting. Obviously, you would prefer Zion because Zion and Scoot, 30, like, Zion and Scoot would be... We talk about NBA League Pass, the oops that we've already seen with Scoot and Shaden Sharp. You throw Zion in Portland, another smaller market where he doesn't, he's not going to be in the limelight, um, <laughs> but even though he still has found a way this yep. summer to be in the limelight in a lot Life of ways. Zion, find a way. <sighs> find a way. Um, I don't know. What do you think of that? Would you target New Orleans and be like, hey, which one of the two? Like that's just I we we all know that you can't run it back with this all this group and it all work out. Like mm-hmm. which one of the two and we'll make it happen. Yeah. I Yeah, I think that's also a big part of it is who else could potentially be in that deal because if I'm Portland and I'm really resetting the deck here, uh you got to be very careful with that. And so mm. uh New Orleans has a lot of draft compensation. So that's obviously having that as a, in addition to whatever player or players you may get is something mm. that I think could really be a conversation starter. Um, I also want to like go back a quick second. And as far as like the Miami situation, everyone feels so confident that including myself at times that that is a done deal that we've seen that so, so, so many times. Uh, and given the complexities that you guys just highlighted, I do think that, there, there's so there's so much opportunity for another team to jump in here and just strike a deal and get it done. And so I do think that New Orleans could be one of those teams because they've needed the true point guard for a long time. They want to compete. I think it will just really come down to Portland. Do you actually have interest in a Zion Williamson or a Brandon Ingram? And I, as much as uh, New Orleans has shown this kind of hesitance to move either of those guys, I do think that they would really be having some serious internal discussions about, okay, realistically how with what you said with Zion and Brandon constantly having some sort of nagging injury or something keeping them off the floor is going to making that trade for Damian Lillard 
into something that really is the, the final swing that we need. And for them, I do think that that's something that you seriously consider. And I do wonder if it would be Zion or Brandon, because if I'm them, I would be very hesitant. If I'm Portland, I would be very hesitant, or excuse me, if I'm New Orleans, I would be very hesitant to move Brandon. I'd probably rather move Zion. I just, oh, there's wow. just too much there. Um, in my opinion, if you're trying to compete right now, I would, if, if you're going to go full swing on Dame and CJ, I'd rather have Brandon than, than Zion. Mm. And if you're Portland, I mean, that's something worth considering. And so I think that there there could be more 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 there than maybe meets the eye, more smoke than people may realize because everyone wants to say Philly. Even some people want to say Boston, which just makes no sense. Um and, and, Wait, you don't and, think Boston makes sense? No. I don't think I don't think Portland would send him to he doesn't I don't think he wants to go there. Well no what I'm saying from a basketball sense, not from like what Dame from a basketball wants. sense. Jalen yeah. Brown for Dame. That's... I mean, I don't love it for Portland. I think it could. I just mm. don't think like that's necessarily their best path to reset the deck. Uh, mm. I like Jalen Brown. I don't think that's their best path to reset the deck. But um, if they're not trying to reset the deck. They're trying to win. Sorry, I just I'm so annoyed by that. Yeah, to... it's uh, they need doing? to. Yeah, so <laughs> You're I, win I better I, than you would with Dame. Like, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> no, I completely agree. I do think that I will say I do think that Brooklyn. I wouldn't totally, in my opinion, I wouldn't totally write off Brooklyn just because aside from Cam Thomas, I think that they do also still have some intriguing guys, but really primarily if Portland wants to go the the draft compensation route, if they want the most picks, I do think that Brooklyn is the way to get that done. But I don't, I would be shocked if it ended up being Brooklyn because to me, the only realistic thing that it would end up being is just a salary dump with Ben Simmons and then literally all the picks in the world. And they have plenty of picks to get, to get, an offer in there but if you're portland and you really want to talk about resetting the deck i just don't see that being the package that you ultimately take whenever you have an opportunity to bring ben simmons into your young core and uh get the next generation ready to go to lead your franchise to long-term sustainable (laughs) success you got to do it i just obviously i also can you imagine like david griffin like what his i I gotta get him on the program like after he's (laughs) gone from new orleans because that man I, i could not imagine going to sleep at night just you know that when zion's healthy you've done just about everything right like you herb jones unbelievable pick you're deep as hell like when all your guys are ready you have nine ten deep you have shown that you can be the best (laughs) zion when he plays basketball is unguardable like it's one of those things where it is not a thing like zion williamson playing basketball in his prime will be the best player in the nba if he is available like that is he is just that good naturally that good unguardable inside i just i don't know what i would do like i would just be losing my mind every day where i'm like what 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 did i do in this world was it the Cavs title where i'm not allowed to do this twice am i not allowed to have good things with lebron and zion williamson back to back because like i would just be losing it because you saw just a little glimmer this like in december you saw the glimmer you thought you were turning the corner like jose alvarado the sneaky steel man like you do you've done everything right willie green is a great coach you have done everything right, and it doesn't matter, and you're not there, and you, you've you made no real progress. You know, you don't have a deep playoff run to show for it yet. And we go into next year like, are we sure? I don't know. I would just be losing my mind if I'm David Griffin because I just it's the biggest what if in the NBA, and it's not even really close for me. I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to do this. I'm gonna push back just a little bit. Like everything, oh, no. right? David Griffin. Like you had a, a, a <laughs> you, you had Eric Bledsoe in your backcourt for a year with Stephen Adams. Like mm. 
No. You know, you've had misses wow. up and down, you know, in terms of draft picks. I'm like, thinking yes. New Orleans. Yes. Who are the I'm misses? Also, well, I think one – is Kira Lewis still, is still on that? I think so. Okay, well, have you there. seen him? Like, like, I'm just saying, Jackson Hayes, anyone? Um, with the, hey, he's a Laker. Now, but, but I'm saying he was number four, <laughs> if I remember. No, like, Jackson Hayes wasn't number four. Like 10 or something like that. Ten, sorry. Who was ten. the number four he was around that y'all had that y'all traded? Trey um, Murphy is a great find. Great developer. Najee Marshall's a great good. Find. Najee's good. I would obviously Herb Jones and then uh, you're harsh, man. Like the dude's created a great 11 man rotation He's been there for like, okay. He created a great rotation of players over the last like two seasons, but he's been there for like four. All I'm trying to say, like, I'm just, mm. I, I don't, everything right is a, is a gross misstep. That's fair. I'm, that's all everything I mean, right. You know? I'm just saying like, in like, terms optimized of like, floor yeah. spacing around Zion and Brandon Ingram, I can think up and I'm in Colorado in like, uh, <laughs> a two bedroom apartment. Like you're David Griffin. You can't, you know, I'm just saying all the drama with Zion. I mean, I, I'm just, there's a lot. You had the Sandman Gundy issue. Like, yes, you got into Willie Green, but let's not forget you hired initially. Right. All I'm saying is, yes, I would be upset, too, if I'm David Griffin. And if I'm David Griffin, I probably agree with you, Chase. I've done everything right. But if you are in the real world and you're looking, you go, you've done a few things right. But also... Wow. David Griffin not welcome on Round Ball Ramble. No. I'm sorry. I'll take David Kahn over him. Like, I, what? I just feel... What? David Kahn? Listen, listen. Kahn is a screw-up. I'm not saying that he, he isn't. <laughs> and I, I say it respectfully. But, like... Kahn over has... David Griffin? What is happening? Listen, I don't think I think David Griffin is 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 high off his own supplier. He probably thinks he's like a really good guy. Do you remember the whole piano? He's a great straight? GM. Great. Okay, we're gonna have a he's different. He's won a title. Discussion. He put together. What is it? This is uh, tough. All right, I thought LeBron was the GM during those years, but anyways, wow. um, I'm no just credit. I'm just no, I'm I'm just not. I mean, okay, I'm looking at it here. So we had uh, Kira Lewis under him. Um, you know, he didn't have a whole lot. Smiley key. Lauren, where do you fall on this? Because we're on opposite ends. Are you more pro David Griffin and what he's built, or more pro what Corbin's saying, where it's just it's been more rocky than I'm leaning on? Um, it's I mean it's hard. I I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle, which is such a cop out answer. I think I will say (laughs) I probably lean closer to Corbin than I. I mean personally, I do think LeBron was primarily the GM most of those years, Mm. but I also but I also think that having the misses on Jackson Hayes, Kyra Lewis, hire the draft. I mean, it's it's great to find the sleepers. And 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 honestly, I think their roster, I said it, there's plenty of me on the record saying that last year. I love, I think the Pelicans have a really sneaky, deep roster. So I do think that he gets credit for finding those guys. I also think that even the Herb Jones extension that they just pulled off, that is really great value for someone who I'm I'm really high on Herb Jones. Um, and so – I Dyson like what Daniels they're building. Too, by the way, looks like he's going to be good. Dyson, I, uh, I think I've also, I think he's going to be really, really solid. Uh, I think he's someone that could be a little bit of like, like a late bloomer, but when he kind yeah. of hits his stride, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, so there, I mean, there's definitely some some good moments that he's had. Uh, but you know, I think that everybody has their kind of their rocky their rocky moments or the things that are like eh, yeah that was kind of a, a missed opportunity but also some things that they deserve credit for but I, I when I think of like oh man top tier front office GM like just wheeling and dealing person personalities and, and and names I wouldn't say that he's a name that that comes to my mind I'll say Interesting. it that way I 
Look, David Griffin, you heard it here on the program. It was me. Chase, Chase Thomas, Thomas, number one fan. Chase Thomas. <laughs> I've got your back, David Griffin. I've got your back. Thick and thin, okay? New Orleans. He's here. Stand up, all right? Hey, let's do this. Um, Lauren, when it look, comes to Houston and Detroit, I'm very curious because both have been absolute train wrecks the last three years. What a, three plus years. What a start to a question. I love it, Chase. I, I know, th- really. This is me being like a mba just I, like the dumb stuff i think about on walks and everything else where i'm just like mm-hmm. who is more likely to escape the gutter because on face value i think a lot of people are going to buy into fred van fleet and everything that houston's done to this point where hey they're filling out jeff green's back they've got some adults in the room they've got some mm-hmm. vets they ime is in there like mm-hmm. there is signs of life but then you hear from other folks more plugged in it's like still the worst run franchise in basketball and then I can make mm-hmm. the same kind of case based on what we have seen from the rat or from the uh, Pistons over the last mm-hmm. decade-ish. Worst run team in the Eastern Conference, I might say. Both doing things that are interesting. Both had a pretty solid draft from people. <laughs> they were in on a lot of their picks. Like we'll we'll see. Like Kate Cunningham, we'll see. Jalen Green, we'll see. Both are still really bad and rough spots in the conference. Based on where they're at and what they've done, who do you think is more likely to get out of the gutter? Who do you think is more likely to be a play-in team sooner rather than later? Because I go back and forth on this. I don't think it's as cut and dry as people might think. I don't think it's as cut and dry either. God, that's – I mean, it is tough. I would say who's closer to play-in territory. I would say – I would, oh God, that's hard. I mean, I would probably lean Houston just having, in terms mm. of having the vets, I think having like a, a true point guard and Fred Van Fleet to kind of like lead that. I think that they're maybe in a better position to be a play-in team, but I think long-term, I feel much better about Detroit and what they're building. I think even going out, trading for Joe Harris, trading for Monte Morris for pretty much nothing were sneaky acquisitions. They just have, they have so much flexibility picking up Alec or bringing back Alec Burks picking up that option you have so many movable assets even Marvin Bagley James Wiseman all guys that could potentially get dealt and flip for more assets um and I just feel really solid about the core that they have having Ivy Cunningham Thompson Jalen Duran as your as your real nucleus that's something that I'm really excited about and, and in Houston even though that they have the vets and I mean some of their signings it looks like they're trying to be obviously more competitive now and that I do think that that's something that could somewhat pay off in the short term i don't know that i didn't love it but um with houston i have big questions about jabari smith where what's the ceiling there like how what how are you going to use him what's that going to look like jalen green obviously he's your your number one the piece that you're building around but i think that there's still some big questions there and so um i have much more questions on the nucleus and the the long-term future of houston than i do with detroit and so i'd rather be detroit but i think in the as far as next year goes and and trying to to be around hover around that play-in spot i think houston might be more equipped just from a veteran leadership perspective but i do still think that they have big big questions and i could just as easily see detroit being fully healthy just coming out of the gates kind of being this um like aggressive scrappy team that you i mean you may pick up a win over them or lots of wins or whatever but it's not gonna be easy and so i think i could definitely see them being a play-in team um i uh, it's it's tough it's really tough i'd rather be detroit though is kate available right out of the gate or is he gonna not be available at the start of the year as far as i know he's available 
Okay. But I haven't heard anything lately on that. I also really liked Marcus Sasser, the draft pick. I thought that, yeah. that was a good pick by them. Hope Killian anyway. Hayes is running in Detroit because that's uh, probably the end of Killian Hayes sad. in Detroit. That makes me sad. He'd be but, fun. He's like a he's like a long term uh, Dylan Wright. I feel like where I just never will trust a shot. Good defender. He'll bounce around the league, be an important third guard. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever going to be main guy. Maybe, he feels like maybe a future Mav. He actually I feels actually he's going to get a two year run in that. Dallas. He's just he's got size that I could I would not be surprised to see that happen. Modern yeah. Corey Joseph, you know. I, well, Amen. Corey Joseph, Detroit forever. Um, Corbin, what do you think? Do you share Lauren's uh, perspective that Detroit's going in the right direction and you probably take Detroit more long-term, or do you think Houston's the better long-term play based on what they've done to this point? I mean, I'm torn. I mean, first off, shout Isn't out this a way more complicated question than you it, would think on face it, value? Like, it it is, no, people- I, no, give yourself some credit, Chase. This is a very good question. Like, first off, shout out to Corey Joseph, Warrior. Like, wow, okay, great. I'm third guard. This is what he is. Corey Joseph, third guard. This is like a TV series. Um, anyways, um, going back to your question, yeah, it's tough. Because, like, on the one hand, like, yeah, Houston looks like a dumpster fire. It just, like, even, like, I mean, we mentioned Ima Doka and adults in the room. Like, mm. <laughs> but, like, he's there, right? Um, Dylan Brooks, too. You know, like, okay, great. All these young guys someone for Tedesco at the head. Like, it's it's a mess, right? But then Detroit, which has just kind of been like, uh, Troy Weaver, you know, he's still, I'm telling you, like, his draft board and his trade targets are guys he missed out on two years ago, you know, that he was high on on his big boards, you know? Mm-hmm. Shout out to James Wiseman, right? But, like, not only do you have that kind of fickleness there, but also, you know, you have a coach who's mostly respected in Monty Williams. But let's not forget all the behind-the-scenes stuff Monty Williams had with DeAndre Ayton, with Jay Crowder, with several members of the Phoenix Suns team trying to win. And we're talking like personality issues with a team trying to win a championship. And now these are vets, like established pros, number one picks, having issues behind the scenes with your head coach, who for some reason can't seem to make everyone get along. Like you are a cause of dissension. And now you are in charge of a young team of budding players. By the way, you have position battles at power forward, and you have them at point guard, and you have them at center. And and he's going to be the kumbaya guy because (laughs) he's shown that, right? Like, I, 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 no. No, I, I don't get it. I'm just saying, like, thank you. Like, it's just, it's it's kind of a mess there. I mean, it's, like, behind the scenes kind of a mess. Because, like, for whatever reason, like, people person in Monty, for some, but not for others. But now you have a spot where you have several high draft picks that have either been decimated by injury or just not given an opportunity. And now they're all in this mix-up and trying to, you know, develop and win. And you have him at the head of that to try to make that all happen. I don't think he's the guy to pull the right strings. Sorry, I just haven't seen it. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go – I'm just going to – I guess I'm going to be devil's advocate and go to Houston. I, I don't know. We have a problem. See, Houston have a problem. Ha-ha. <laughs> anyway, um, can I decline not to answer? It's interesting. This is a really good question. <laughs> yes, definitely the fit. Because, like, both teams could be, right? Like, let's say yeah. Kate Cunningham strings together a healthy campaign, right? Let's say Jaden Ivey finds a way to work out. Let's say, you know, who they have? One of the Thompsons. Is it a Amir? Or what is it? Amir, a, a Sar. A Sar. You <laughs> made a Thompson. Twist. I love it. <laughs> you combine them. You combine them. Exactly, Amir. Build a bear and make a Thompson twin. There you go. But like, <laughs> but like let's say that he works out and he can play alongside, you know, Cade and Ivy in, in, this, in this, like, multi- faucet kind of lineup right and james wiseman or marvin bagley step up and or i'm sorry jalen duran like it's just a lot of ifs we're a fifth we'd all be drinking good tonight so i'm gonna go houston which doesn't 
seem safe bet at all. But, I mean, they have players who I can say were, like, established parts of winning teams in the past. I mean, say what you want about Dylan Brooks. Like, he's been a decent player for the Grizzlies. He's got a lot of attention over the last year and not mm-hmm. for the right reasons. But over the last couple of years, he's been a solid defender, right? The Suns almost traded for him. For Marshawn Brooks, right? Okay, just kidding. But like, that's the thing. Fred Van oh, Vliet, wow, like, I forgot about that. Right? Time. Exactly. Wow. DJ. Yep. Like, <laughs> Fred Van Vliet has had a number of great years. I mean, he's getting paid more than his field goal percentage last year, but still, like, that's great. So I'm going to go with Houston. I'm higher on the talent coming together, but I don't like the question. Like, oh my gosh, this was. I'm, this it's hard. Yes. That's exactly how I felt by the time I got to the end of my answer. I was like, I don't really know what my answer is. (laughs) Exactly. You can just talk yourself through the roster and you're like, because I heard heard Kelly Eco say a couple of months ago, he goes, or he was having a conversation. He might not have been the one that exactly said it, but he was a part of the conversation. They were talking about people love Alperen Changun, but there are big questions there. Is he actually what, you know, how good they think he is or how good they think he can be. There are flashes and there are intriguing things about him, but you know, where do you pinpoint him? And that's kind of how I do feel about Jabari Smith and Jalen green. I think that they could be good, but I need to see it. I need to see it. So hopefully for them, it works out the way they want it. They want it to, and they're intriguing pieces, but I need to see it. I think their big rotations awful. Like you look at it, Sanguine, like that's a lot. Jock Lawndale, I mean, Boban, like Jabari Smith did not flash at all last year. That was a struggle. We'll see what, if he can be a better player in year two. I don't know. I just look at this whole group and I'm like, none of this, like Dylan Brooks, like just (laughs) the last version of Dylan Brooks we saw. I, I'm trying to think of a worse lock, like a worse spot for Dylan Brooks to go to. Or like if I was Dylan Brooks' agent, I'd be like, we're taking a one-year huge deal somewhere on a good team. And we're going to like re, we're going to reclimate our, how we're viewed around the league. Because what happened against LeBron um, was just really, really bad for your reputation. And really, really bad all across the board because you also just weren't good. Not only were you going at him and you lost, but you were also unplayable and just really terrible in that point of uh the playoffs but like i just look at who's gonna play fred van vliet got paid like the all-time got paid generational wealth money got my title hey if jalen green doesn't listen to me and we're we're not uh gonna work out who cares got paid doesn't matter i just i think my answer is i think both are stuck i think both are stuck in the gutter i don't think both climb out i think both front offices coaches everything gets fired i don't think either franchise is able to escape the pit of nba despair and that's where like going back and forth where i'm like kate cunningham quietly can't shoot Jaden ivy did not show enough where you're like is he going to be a shooter like i don't believe in that backcourt long term i don't think they're going to be able to shoot enough to put together a contender really good sustainable team year over year and then you look at just the bigs they're playing they love marvin bagley they love james wiseman duran like they're going to go very big heavy again. And you're like, I don't know where the shooting's coming on this team. So it's like, I think their defense might be okay. Maybe good. But like this, both situations, I don't agree with how they're going about building these teams. And I feel like like the Rockets were like, we just have money to spend. Let's go get guys who actually want to come here or want a payday. And Fred Van Fleet, guys who I, I just, I don't think either are building the team I would build. And I think both end up flaming out and not making the playoffs and having to go through another rebuild. They're, they're like the Pirates and the Orioles for a long time. Pirates and Royals maybe is the best comparison right now. Um, and I just, I'm not betting on either. I think both are stuck in the gutter and they remain in the gutter. Um, 
We'll end here. The weirdest move thus far in free agency for you, Lauren, has been what? This is a little, this is just kind of out of left field. But when I got the notification that Dennis Schroeder signed with the Raptors for the Mm. dollar amount that he signed, I was a little scratching my head because I just, even the fit, the basketball fit, I didn't love that in Toronto. Um, Even though they needed a point guard, I just, I don't know. Was scratching my head on that one, even though it was smaller scale. I that was probably my. Are we sure Masai's good? Are we okay, sure? How, whoa, 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 whoa! How are you gonna are sing sure? praises of David Griffin and then question Masai's <laughs> theory? Who's like both of won I've, titles? Both have won titles. <laughs> one, I've yes, one won a title and one had LeBron. I'm sorry. Hold I, up. I, maybe, the second just, one has built another great contender when healthy. Another. Who, well, which has been when? I mean, December 2022. Okay, so December 20. It's been less than a year. They were the best team in the West. For about a month and a half. Hey, raise the banner. You're right. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just just can't let you slander Masai, and then we just sang the praise. Hold on. All I'm saying is, like, look at what's happening here. Like, he probably kept Nick Nurse around way too long. Like, you hear the quotes after (laughs) from the players and everything else where it's like, I don't understand why he was still coaching at that point. Great coach, won a title, all that kind of stuff, but it seemed like that had run its course. Pascal Siakam, just, we'll see. OG Ananobi, you could have gotten a whole heck of a lot of firsts for OG Ananobi a long time ago with the new CBA. That's out the door. You could have traded Fred VanVleet at the deadline for a pretty good package. He's gone for nothing. Dennis Schroeder in the building, like Scotty Barnes development. Uh, a lot is riding on Scotty Barnes being an all NBA player, or this is going to get really ugly really fast. Like, I think it's fair to look at this current situation and what Masai has done over the last two years and be like, I think there's more misses than hits. And I think if you're a Raptors fan, it's fair for you to be like, I think Masai has made a lot of mistakes that have potentially set this franchise back uh, in a significant way. Because he can't can't quit. Like, he can't... Like, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Obviously, the Kawhi stuff sucked because you... What a title you want him back, and this could have been sustainable for a lot longer if he comes back. But, like, he's not. You have some good players. You developed some good players into great players. But, like, it... You were... They're like sneaky wizards-y, where it's like the Wizards are clinging to this roster of Kyle Kuzma, Chris Stapps, Bradley Beal, and you're like, we can get there. The Bulls are in this same situation with Zach Levine and company. I just feel like the Raptors are getting a pass for doing the exact same thing over the last two years, and I think, I I would love to know, is it ownership? That's like, hey, keep them, see if you can do it. Like, maybe he really did think he was going to get Fred Van Vliet back, and that's why he kept it. Maybe he really does believe OG Ananobi has another level and we might see that this year after all these years that OG does finally break through but like I, I think that's fair Dennis Schroeder being a weird like that's that's weird like I don't know what the plan is because they're not a playoff team if the playoff starts today to me like I think this is weird what the Raptors are doing yeah 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 I I will say I I just don't know what what they're gonna do because I I do agree that Masai does deserve a little bit of criticism on as far as recently what's been going on there because there are several assets that I think he could have sold a lot higher on than he's going to I've had some conversations like just trying to pick people's brains on oh what do you think Pascal will go for what do you think is going to happen to Pascal because I just that's the name that I keep hearing is is kind of sneakily out there right now and the returns that I'm hearing are not as high 
as I would have thought, especially a year ago, six months ago, even on draft night. You know what I mean? And so um, I do wonder what that's going to look like for them. I still think that they have a lot of intriguing young, well, maybe not a lot, but enough young pieces that I think that they can kind of get going with. Um, But they need to make sure, I mean, losing Fred, that one, that one really hurt. So, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but you know, we'll see. I just, I, I don't really get it. Like they're going to be the worst shooting team in the NBA next year. I think, right? Like there's no path. Like y'all can hurdle is going to be playing a lot of minutes. OG. I mean, we'll see like Scotty Barnes, not, shown enough there at by any stretch like i just look at this group dennis Schroeder, obviously not a shooter you look at this i don't know where the points are coming <laughs> defensively i think they'll be great but i just um yeah i think this could be ugly they were exactly 41 and 41 a year ago and i think they are a worse team today than they were last year um corbin your weirdest move what was it oh <laughs> easy chicago what are we doing oh like Chicago stand up, Nikola Yo- Nikola Vucevic. Rather, you uh, want Jokic? You got Vucevic. <laughs> Three years, sixty million. I, listen, why? Like, like that's my question. Why? I get it. Like you, and this is. I was talking to Bulls fans. Like, oh, good value. Da, da, da. Like, like yeah, for what? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, yeah. good value to miss the plane again? Like. <laughs> I don't understand. You're paying him through his age 36 seasons. Like the Bulls front office decided to just look at the highlights of Vooch, miss every time he was attacked in pick and roll, which by the way happened a lot. And said, yes, this is what we want to sign up for. Also, apparently there's a report in the Chicago Tribune that part of the negotiations um, involved uh, Vooch wanting more uh, touches on offense. Which, I mean, this is such a winning play with an established legacy of playoff success. You know, playing from the post. Like, oh wait, no it's not. Like, I don't understand what yeah. we're doing, right? Um, also, this means that the choo-choo train of mediocrity is full steam ahead for Chicago which sucks, right? And and also, right up there with the worst shooting team in Toronto, let's not forget Chicago's a candidate there. Like, outside of Levine and, and, and Vooch, when he does shoot from three, um, who do you really got there? I mean, Levine uh, could shoot. Caruso. No. I, I, I love Caruso. Nope. I, I thought about him. I thought about him. Levine <laughs> what did he shoot, shoot at open threes last year? What was Caruso open I mean, threes? Caruso and open threes, all, all eight of them, I'm sure he made a really good percentage. No, I'm playing, like, Kobe he's, White can shoot. Kobe White's a pretty good shooter. Kobe White's he's a, he's a pretty good shooter. I mean, ah, he's okay. I just feel like they're still like a bad not, team. I mean, yeah, and also, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're going to have your one or two guys who are going to be swamped, by the way, because yeah. you've got like three shooters on a roster of 13, right? So they're mm-hmm. not going to get open shots because I'm sorry, nobody's doubling Vooch in the year of our Lord 2023. Like, that's just Is not Javon Carter starting for them next happen. year? Oh, Javon Carter's a good shooter too, and probably yeah, he's a good shooter. That's Javon a good call. Carter's a good shooter. I forgot about that. Good, good, good. I call. did. I also forgot about that. It's a good. Call. Yeah, I mean that tells you everything you need about Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. But like, Chicago is the lineup. Also, the sneaky thing about Chicago, Patrick Williams not working out sucks for them. Like it Lonzo does. Ball, obviously, I don't fault them for oh. that. Like the Lonzo yeah, stuff, just that's not his fault. Yeah, that's I feel a bad crazy for him. situation. I just can't even it believe is. that. It is. I saw him. He was on because he was fun. He played well. He's he gave a spark. Like, they were good. Levine, Ball, company were good. Like, that was a number one seed in the East. Like, I don't know if they could have won a title, but that was sustainable for three to four years. Like, that would have been a better top four East team for a while. Yeah. They're the biggest what-if Bulls team since the three alphas, right? But going back, like, I'm just kidding. Going back to, like, (laughs) Caruso. Sorry. Like, but Caruso, no, he shot 36% from three on, like, two and a half again. So, yeah. 
Like, that's what I mean. I just, I don't understand what Chicago was trying to do. They were very comfortably out of, in my mind, they weren't as comfortably out as, like, the Hornets, per se, but they weren't a play-in, a playoff team, and now we're going to a spot where I thought, hey, let's see if we can get forward to Rosen. He's going to be 34 last year of his contract. Still a very solid player. Let's cut ties with Vooch. You know, let him go. Like, it's fine. Let's see what young players we can find and maybe try out that center spot and kind of go from there. You know, I thought that um, Drummond was going to go to Dallas. I thought that was like, yeah, some talk, too, so I thought, yeah, I was like, that'd be a decent fit for them. And that would be another guy that fits who's still not even 30. That would be like off of Chicago's hands. Then you look at making a Levine trade. Maybe you trade him to Philly for like a Harden and Maxi. At least you get a young player in Maxi. You could either keep Harden for one year, reroute him, but you have another young player and start building that way. Like, mm. yes, it's going to be bad. But here's the fun thing about Chicago. Whether or not they stay on this path or not, they will still be bad. Like, they are not – that's what they are. So in my mind, just go for it. But instead, no, they have just committed – that. just like Dame, they're not going to run away from the grind. They're going to stay <laughs> after it. And, and here we are. So that was confusing to me. The fact that it was yeah, done so early made no sense to me as well. And looking at the contract, no, like, it's just straight up through his age 36 season. I, what are we seeing in him that, that makes this make sense? So that was yeah. my most confusing um, – I, I don't understand. I, I just – it's not right. I, I I I don't know. Yeah. That's fair. I think for me I think I probably I mean, I love the gay Vincent one. I think that could actually be a sneaky big thing for them. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Max Struess in Cleveland. That I was gonna say Max Struess. I I love I, Max in Cleveland. Me too. Right. Me too. And and even like the two guys that they sent out, I also, I also like Chetty Osman and and um, Lamar Stevens. But mm. those are two guys that you you could see them falling out of the rotation long term over the you know long term, and yeah. you turn it into your biggest need. I mean, also they also got you know Niang, but I think more more so Max Struess pulling yeah. him in the volume shooting. I think that that's going to be a real sneaky uh, just move that you kind of look back on and you're like, well done, well done. So I was going to say Max Struess as well. I liked that. Their closing five, clearly like Jared Allen, like this is how the natural progression goes though, right? Is that like Mobley's best position is five. Like that's how this should end up. Like for the Cavs to be the best version of themselves, Mobley has to be able to guard fives and be be the long-term five. He needs to be at that spot and the closing, like Jared Allen was awful in that playoff series against the Knicks. Like that is something where it was like, Oh, I guess that was it. They saw it and they were like, Nope, it's not going to work. Um, I just look at it. If you're able to do Karis Levert, Evan Mobley, Max Struess, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. I think that is a fun, versatile closing five that can go a long way. Like the Cavs were sneakily, like one of the most efficient, best teams in basketball all year long last year. Like you go through the metrics, like the Cavs are right there all across mm-hmm. the board in the top five, top 10, and so many different things that I gambled on them to go, not actually gamble because I'm not gambling, but like actually like they, it would not have surprised me if they made it a deep playoff run. And I'm a big Darius Garland guy, love Donovan Mitchell. So I just, and Mobley still is kind of like the forgotten about, well, what if? Like, we'll see, mm-hmm. there's still another level and this could be a big year for him where if he takes that next step and Jared Allen is moved and they're able to get some more bench help and maybe some uh, somebody else to occupy that five spot who has a little bit more shooting than Jared Allen provides. I just, I think if you're a Cavs fan, the fact that you got Max Struess and George Nguyen and not have to worry about Isaac Okoro and company, like to fill that last spot, that five, like that fifth guy that mm-hmm. plagued the Clippers and I think may cl- plague Phoenix a little bit next year. I, 
I think this is a good situation for Cleveland. I'm very, very in on what Cleveland Cleveland did. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm with well, there you go. Um, This is fun. What a time. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. A time. Lots of laughs, as always. Yes, I miss this. This is great. Great. It's always a great time. Lauren, um, you got your own podcast now. You're over there um, doing all kinds of great basketball content. You also, are, are you writing at all? Are you, are you no, all no more writing? No all more writing. Okay. I love it. I mean, well, I love can... that your writing was great, but like, this is your medium, you know? <laughs> this is my thing. This is, this is better. I always open to whatever, but right now focused on the podcasting for sure. Okay. Well, what can the book check out from you this week? Yeah, so we will have S and I will be dropping more episodes this week. We do two episodes twice a week of the Objective Basketball Podcast for SDPN Sports. So you can come check us out on any anywhere you find your podcast or on YouTube as well. Um, so yeah, we'll be we'll be talking everything, looking back on the free agency moves, what could be next with trade talks and all those things. So come check us out. There you go. Go do that. It's a great show. I love listening to it. Thank you. Um, and also great basketball content. Like I, I there's. Never mind. I'll save it off air. Um, Corey <laughs> Ford, uh, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at Round Ball Ramble and everywhere else this week? You know, I'm starting to do some off-season reviews, so that's going to be happening soon. Getting some fun guests. Maybe hopefully talking to y'all soon. That'll be great. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from that, not a whole lot yet. I'm waiting for the dog days of the off-season do like the mm. real good, like, deep dive from like drafts from years past the passion projects um and everyone's doing a reaction show right now so like i'm not exactly the highest on the list there so i'm like picking my spots but just yeah. check me out on twitter at corbin nba if you are so inclined i do appreciate it there you go lauren corbin thank you as always for the time i greatly appreciate it and i hope to talk to you all both again very soon yes nicely done nephew Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 